morning, everyone. Before we read God's word, let us pray. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and minds may be opened. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 17 to 44. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever, believes, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with the strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. The Lord be with you. Now we resume our study of the gospel according to John. We are now halfway through the book. Uh, Chapter 11 can be considered the transition between the end of Jesus' public ministry and his return to Jerusalem for the final time when he will be arrested and killed. Now you may remember that in chapter 10, Jesus had claimed to be the good shepherd. At at the end of that chapter, the Jews made another attempt to arrest Jesus because Jesus continued to insist that he was equal with God. 
And again, Jesus escaped and he retreated to a place across the Jordan River where John the Baptist had his early days of ministry. And this place is about four days' journey from Jerusalem. And in this place of relative safety, Jesus continued to preach and many people believed in him. And so chapter 11 begins with Jesus receiving news from two sisters, Mary and Martha, living in Bethany. Now, Bethany is about three kilometers from Jerusalem. And the sisters send word to Jesus telling, them, uh, telling him that their brother, Lazarus, is seriously ill. And the three siblings are very close to Jesus. And the sisters hope that Jesus would come to heal Lazarus the moment he receives the news. But Jesus does not set off immediately. He waits for two days. And he tells his disciples these words in verse 4. <clears throat> the sickness, uh, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. So in his divine nature, Jesus knows that Lazarus, uh, or Lazarus' illness will be fatal, but it will not end ultimately in death because Jesus is going to bring him back to life. And this will be Jesus' last and most dramatic miracle, the miracle of the resurrection. And the resurrection of Lazarus will bring glory not only to God, but also to himself. Because through the miracle, Jesus will prove who he truly is. Now you see, up until now, Jesus has claimed to be the bread of life. And Jesus has also claimed to give the water of life. And he claims to have come as the light of the world that gives life to people. But now, with Lazarus, Jesus will deliver what he has claimed. He will give life itself. Jesus will give life to dead Lazarus. And that is why Jesus waited for two days until Lazarus has died from his illness. And then he goes to Bethany, which is a four-day journey. And so our passage this morning begins at verse 17 with these words on his arrival. Uh, with these words. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. You may say that Jesus actually planned to be at Bethany exactly when Lazarus is dead, is four days dead. Now, you may ask, why four days? Now, we have heard of stories of people who, come, who came back from the dead, haven't we? A person is pronounced dead only to revive or be resuscitated back to life a short time later. Now, the Jews in Jesus' time 
believe that death is reversible within three days. But on the fourth day, when decomposition is evident, death then becomes irreversible. And so if Jesus were to bring dead, uh, bring dead Lazarus back to life any earlier than three days, or sorry, any earlier than the fourth day, uh, people might misinterpret the miracle, of of the miracle of resurrection as a resuscitation. And then they would accuse Jesus of trickery for passing off a resuscitation for a resurrection. So that is why Jesus planned to arrive when Jesus had been dead for four days. Because that is the time when death is irreversible. So the stage is therefore set for Jesus to perform his last and most dramatic miracle. Mourners have already come from Jerusalem to grieve with Mary and Martha. And Martha learns that Jesus is approaching Bethany, and so she rushes out to meet him. And she pours out her heart to Jesus, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. So even though her brother is dead, Martha still has faith that Jesus is able to give hope to the grieving family. And in her grief, Martha has something to teach us today. <clears throat> you see, when sudden illness, sudden serious illness come upon our loved ones, or when bad things happen to us, our tendency is to complain or even blame God. And we may demand that God intervenes to read the bad things from our lives. But Martha teaches us another approach. When sorrow and affliction come upon us, we are to pour out our grieving heart to Jesus. We are to pour out our grieving heart to Jesus. And it is not wrong to question Jesus during this time. And we may question Jesus, where were you, Jesus, when my son died? Or you may ask, where were you, Jesus, when my marriage broke up? Or where were you, Jesus, when our daughter needed help, but now she has gone wayward? Now, I guess many of us would think that questioning Jesus is disrespectful, but it need not be. You see, we can be reverent, being mindful that Jesus is our Lord and we are his humble servants. And we are only seeking understanding in the difficult and trying situation from our Lord in whom we have put our trust. And so it is not wrong to pour our hearts to him, to question. And after all, we'll be doing what Psalm 62 verse 8 tells us. We are to pour our hearts to God. 
because he is our refuge. And Jesus is indeed our refuge. He understands us. He empathizes with us. And so do not hesitate to pour out your sorrow to Jesus. Pour out your grief, your fears, and your trials to Jesus. And Jesus will respond to each one of us accordingly. Now, he may remove the trials, but most likely he will not. But he will strengthen you to bear the trials so that your faith in him will be deepened. And you may ask, how does Jesus strengthen us during our trials? Well, by assuring us of who he is and that he will never leave us. You see, when we are lost and confused in this world, Jesus will tell us that he is the good shepherd who will lead us to safe pasture. And when we find no satisfaction in life and we are thirsty for meaning, and Jesus will say that he is the living water that quenches our thirst and fills our lives with meaning. And when we grieve over the loss of loved ones, or when we are afraid to face death, Jesus will say that he is the resurrection and the life. And that is what Jesus will tell Martha, but first, Jesus assures Martha that her dead brother will rise again. And Martha thinks that Jesus is referring to the Jewish belief in the resurrection in the last day. You see, all Jews except the Sadducees believe that at the end of history, all the dead will rise again and be restored to bodily life. And Martha therefore answers uh, Jesus, yes, I know Lazarus will rise and live again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus wants Martha to know that she does not have to wait for the last day because the resurrection and the life have already come in his person. So Jesus says to Martha in verses 25-26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? So does Martha believe Jesus? Well, she does. Although she cannot yet see that the resurrection has come in the person of Jesus, as we will soon see. So in any case, she confesses her faith in Jesus, believing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And this is the second lesson we can learn from Martha. If we put our trust in Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God, we too will believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. But you may ask, what does it mean practically 
to believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Well, one, it means that as believers, we are not afraid to die. Now, of course, there are many atheists who also do not fear death because they believe there is nothing beyond death. But the Bible tells us that there is a judgment after death. And so atheists ought to rethink their position. However, believers in Jesus can rest in the confidence that they will pass from judgment to new life because Jesus will raise them up on the last day to eternal life in the kingdom of God. And so, as believers, even though the physical body dies, we will live again in the presence of God. And we will therefore not try to delay death at all costs. And today there are people who try to avoid death, to delay death at all costs. But we should, we, if we believe in the resurrection and the life, now we would not try to delay death at all costs. Rather, we will embrace death when it comes. Because whoever believes in Jesus will never die. Will never die. Not in the biological sense, but in the spiritual sense that separates us forever from God. You see, to die spiritually is to be separated forever from God. And this is the most terrible thing that can happen to a person. And Jesus refers to this situation as being in hell. And Jesus says that he has come to save us from hell. Jesus has come so that we may not die spiritually, but live, for he is the resurrection and the life. So let us therefore be encouraged. For believers, biological death is not the end of our existence, but the gateway to further life and fellowship with God forever. So following her confession of faith in Jesus, Martha returns to the house to tell Mary that Jesus is asking for her. And so it's Mary's turn now to rush out to meet Jesus. And some Jews, perhaps professional mourners who have been hired for the funeral, uh, assume that she is going to the grave to mourn. And so they follow her. Upon seeing Jesus, uh, Mary is, mo is, is more emotional than Martha, and she falls at, her at Jesus' feet and repeats the same statement that her sister had made earlier. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, it seems Mary is rebuking Jesus for being late for being late in his arrival. But we must know that Jesus is never late. He is always on time. You see, in our trials and in our griefs, we very often want God to instantly do what we think he should do. 
But God has His own timing. And His timing is always the best. And His timing is always for us. Or, or rather, His timing is always to work in us, His purpose for us. And Jesus knows he, that His delay in coming to Bethany is for the purpose of building up the faith of the sisters, even as they mourn. And when Jesus sees Mary weeping and the others, uh, other Jews weeping as well, we are told that he is deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He is deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Now, deeply moved in spirit may suggest that Jesus is in deep empathy with Mary and the mourners. And I do think that Jesus does share Mary's grief. But Jesus shows more than just empathy. You see, because the original Greek word that is translated deeply moved in spirit actually means the snorting of horses. No, I'm not sure whether you have seen, uh, heard the snorting of horses, but the snorting of horses uh, is a Greek metaphor for anger, for outrage. And so we can say that Jesus is also angry when he sees Mary and the others, other Jews weeping. So you may ask, what, what is Jesus angry at? Well, some commentators suggest that Mary is angry at the excessive weeping. You see, the professional mourners have been weeping like pagans who have no hope in the resurrection. So the excessive weeping betrays their unbelief in Jesus. And that's what Jesus is angry about, the unbelief of the people. But Jesus could also be angry at something else. And most commentators will say that Jesus is also angry at the evil of death. The death of a brother that is the cause of Mary's grief. You see, since the fall, sin, sickness, and death have been our enemies, and they continue to cause misery and sorrow for all human beings. And Jesus feels the same sorrow, for he is one with us. But he is also angry at the pain that death brings to all of us. And he is going to do something about it. For in a few days' time, he himself will go to the cross to confront death, and he will defeat it. And so here is something we can learn from Jesus. If we grieve at the loss that, bring, that, that death brings, without feeling some kind of outrage at death, we are just being sentimental. But if we feel righteous anger at death, 
that will drive us to seek out Jesus who has defeated death. Because Jesus is the only one who can comfort us in times of death. And we want to point everyone to Jesus who alone has power over death. And Jesus' power over death is what we will see as Jesus asked the people where they have laid Nazareth. Lazarus. Uh, the people led, the lead Jesus to the tomb, and as Jesus approaches the tomb, uh, we are introduced to the shortest verse in the entire Bible. Uh, verse 35 uh, records that Jesus wept. And this is poignant. Jesus is not wailing like the mourners. The Greek word used here means that tears run down Jesus' face. Why does Jesus shed his tears? Well, Jesus weeps because he weeps with those, uh, I mean, he weeps with those who weep. But his tears are not for Lazarus, since he knows that he's going to raise him up from the dead. And so the reason for his tears is the same reason for his anger. It is sin, death, and unbelief of the people that caused Jesus to weep. Now, the people come to two conclusions for Jesus' tears a right one and a wrong one. The right conclusion when they see Jesus' tears is that Jesus must really love Lazarus. And that's true. Now, the wrong conclusion is that Jesus, they think that Jesus has come to the limit of his power. Jesus may have opened the eyes of a, of a blind man, but with Lazarus, the people think that Jesus is unable to prevent him from dying. Now, of course, Jesus will prove them wrong. At the tomb, Jesus gives instructions to take away the stone covering the entrance. And Martha makes a protest that it is, bad, it is a bad idea because there will be the overpowering stench of the dead. And so you can see that she still does not understand that in Jesus, the resurrection has arrived. So Jesus tells Martha that if she believes, she will see the glory of God. And as the stone is rolled away, Jesus prayed publicly to the Father for the benefit of those standing at the tomb so that they, when they hear, they may believe in Jesus. And this is one more thing we learn from Jesus. When we pray in public, there may be unbelievers who may be listening to our prayer. And so it is a good thing to pray the gospel so that it gives the unbelievers the opportunity to hear the gospel and be saved. Now, following his prayer, Jesus called out in a loud voice into the open tomb. Lazarus, come out. 
And Lazarus hears the voice of the one who is the resurrection and the life. And you can imagine what happens next. The brain waves return. The heart starts to beat. <clears throat> and blood begins coursing through the body. The decaying process stops. And the flesh is restored. And this is a miracle. It is not a resuscitation. It is the resurrection. And then we read that Lazarus stands upright and walks out like a mummy into <clears throat> the sunlight. And Mary and Martha quickly unwrap the grave clothes. And everyone cries with joy. And everyone dances about. And the funeral has turned into a party. You may think that this is fiction. You may think that this is just fantasy. Well, it would be a fantasy if there were no resurrection and if there were no life after death. But Jesus proves that there is. You see, after raising Lazarus, Jesus himself went to the cross and he paid the penalty for your sins and my sins. But he did not remain dead. Three days later, he defeated death and he rose from the dead. And all who put their trust in Jesus will also rise from the dead and live again. And so as believers, our present time of grief and our sorrow will one day turn into joy. And on that day, Death itself will be no more. You see, the, the same apostle John tells us in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, um, chapter 21, verse 4, he tells us that God will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And so this is good news for all of us. The future is not bleak and gloomy as the world often tells us. No, there is a fantastic future in the new world that is to come. And we want to share this good news with our loved ones and with our friends. And they must hear the gospel and they must come to know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And so, invite them to Life Explored course that we are running this Thursday so that they may learn about the gospel and tell them that Jesus is the resurrection. He holds the power to raise us from the dead. Tell them that Jesus is the life. In him, we will never die. And in Jesus, we will see our loved ones again in the presence of God. Do you believe this? I hope you do. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, has conquered death. And those who believe in him no longer need to fear death, for death now becomes a gateway into eternal life into your, in your presence. So we pray for our loved ones and for our friends that they too may come to know Jesus 
is the resurrection and the life. And we pray too for the Life Explored course that you will save many through the presentation of the gospel. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.